With the winter weather around the corner, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Okay, stand by. Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. Get caught up on all the cruise news at cruiseradio.net. On this show, we'll have travel journalist and TV personality Rick Steves. I love this because uh, Rick used to look down on cruising and not think of it as real travel. So we'll check in with him and see what he's up to. Also talk about his latest book about traveling in the Mediterranean. Which makes me wonder if he's just writing the book to make money off cruisers. We'll find out. We'll also get a review of the latest cruise aboard Norwegian Sun from listener Joe Tolley in Charlotte, North Carolina. But first, Stuart Shearer on The Cruise Guy. Hey, guys. Royal Caribbean's Splendor of the Seas has announced an industry first... They're putting iPads in all the staterooms. Tell us more. Well, you know, they're, you know, all the lines are doing extensive research, and, you know, it doesn't take a lot of research to determine the popularity huh. of Apple's iPads and the ability for cruise passengers to want to communicate. So they're going to be testing uh, an Apple iPad in every cabin aboard Splendor of the Seas uh, during its uh, refit, which is uh, actually uh, ongoing right now. So uh, it's pretty exciting. A couple of cruise lines are pulling the parasailing excursion. What cruise lines and what sparked this? Well, unfortunately, a uh, cruise passenger aboard Celebrity Cruises uh, was killed when the line broke, and another passenger uh, that she was tandeming with uh, was was seriously injured. So Celebrity Cruises uh, discontinued using um, uh, parasailing in the Caribbean. Uh, Their sister company, Royal Caribbean International, followed suit. Uh, as well as uh, NCL. So right now, uh, while this is being investigated as to why it happened, uh, there's no parasailing. Holland America is pulling out of Bermuda on some schedules. Why is that? What's going on is Bermuda, like certain other ports, it is very hard for the cruise ships to be able to, you know, one, get in, uh, you know, to to maneuver within the ports. And uh, there's also been some service issues that uh, have uh, happened. But the main reasons where, uh, you know, one, they're going to be deploying the ship uh, to a more profitable region where, uh, you know, the, the, they'll be able to get the higher revenue for, for the ship. But uh, in Bermuda itself, uh, Holland America has been having uh, difficulty, as well as other cruise lines have been having trouble uh, maneuvering uh, their ships in and out of the, the port. And, um, you know, it just, you know, based also based on, uh, you know, customer ratings, uh, Holland America will be able to do better uh, putting the ship in other areas. So in cruise ships overnight in Bermuda, can they still operate their casinos? Casinos do not currently operate while they're in port. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bermuda is looking at possibly allowing them, but uh, that, that really uh, is, is not an issue. Stuart, should we be concerned with the fact that oil is bouncing up and down around $100 a barrel? Well, as you know, you know many of the cruise lines uh, you know have uh, stated that they can uh, reenact uh, the fuel surcharge anytime uh, after you know the price of oil uh, reaches or exceeds sixty five dollars per barrel uh, right now you know I think as of today we're just under ninety seven but um, at this point the answer is no and the simple reason is the cruise pricing right now is very healthy and that would just be a very negative point uh, that that could really hurt future bookings so I, I'm certain that the cruise lines 
are not interested in uh, reenacting the fuel surcharge at this point. The Queen Mary 2 is out of the water and on to dry dock. What kind of enhancements are we going to see? Well, she is in uh, Hamburg, Germany, and uh, completely out of the water uh, for two weeks. And uh, she's getting a complete redo. This is uh, Holland, this is um, Canard's uh, flagship, the Queen Mary 2, which is, believe it or not, 151,000 tons. And the entire ship from, you know, stem to stern is, is getting a redo, the Canyon Ranch Spa, the Queens and Princess Grills, the restaurants, the Commodore Club, uh, everything is just getting uh, a redo. And uh, she will just be a, a magnificent ship again. Happy holidays, Stuart. Hey, you guys take care. Have you been dreaming lately about a romantic tropical cruise to the Caribbean? Cruise one. Or how about a breathtaking scenic cruise to Alaska? Cruise one. Or how about the Mexican Riviera? Or Cancun? Cousin. Or New England? Or Canada? Or Italy? Or Greece? Or the Far East? Or how about a cruise around the whole world? Cruise one. Got a dream vacation for you. Cruise one. Better send you on your way. Cruise one. Number one in cruising nationwide. One has more than 550 cruise specialists nationwide ready to help you plan your dream cruise. And speaking with a local Cruise One expert is as easy as calling toll-free 1-800-CRUISE and the number one. That's 1-800-CRUISE-1 or find us online at cruiseone.com. Number one in cruising Rick Steves is the host, writer, and producer of Rick Steves Europe on PBS with a ninth season in the works and is carried by over 300 stations. You can also read his book, Rick Steves Mediterranean Cruise Ports. Rick, welcome to Cruise Radio. Good to be with you. Let's talk a little bit about the book. Uh, Best destinations are best for a cruise excursion. Well, I've got a chart in there that talks about, you know, should you take the excursion that the cruise company organizes and sells you? Or should you go on your own? And as cruisers know, in a lot of cases, it's really complicated to get into town, and it's it's efficient to hop on a bus right at the port and right in the dock, actually, and then get there in a snap, and to know if you're a long way from the port that the ship will wait for you if your transportation is caught up in some kind of a snafu because it's it's an organized and endorsed excursion from the ship. That would be a good rationale for doing Rome or Florence from Civitavecchia or Livorno with a cruise ship tour. On the other hand, people should know that twice every hour in Civitavecchia, there's a $6 train ride that zips you straight into Rome, and you can get off a couple stops earlier and walk to St. Peter's Basilica. Uh, There's plenty of ways you can do things on your own. In Livorno, I was impressed by how the shuttle buses from the port into the main square of Livorno drop you at a kiosk where you've got all sorts of small-time operators offering shared minibus excursions into Rome or Pisa or Lucca and a, a way that people can travel independently save a lot of money and, and, and have a few less crowds around them. When the, when the ship stops in Istanbul or, or Naples, you're right there in the, heart, in the thick of things. And I was impressed by how you can walk 15 minutes out of the boat and out of the ship in Naples, and there's not a, a hint of any sort of cruise congestion or touristiness. It's just you in the urban jungle of that great Italian city. Which ports can cruisers confidently visit on their own? And are we seeing a lot more doing ports on your own Friends. Well, I think what we're seeing is a lot more real travelers are opting for cruises. And I was impressed by how the cruise lines that I took 
were happy to support me, and they knew what I'm all about, and they know that I'm not going to be telling people to gamble and shop and, and you know, just mindlessly take all the excursions. But I'm a consumer advocate, and I'm telling people what their options are. And the cruise ship was not upset about that in the least. You know, when you get off the boat in Kusadashi, I don't know if you remember this, in the west coast of Turkey, you walk through the the terminal, and then there's a sign, and it says, excursions to the left, going to the city, to the right. And, you know, half the people go to the left, and they pile onto their buses and are on their way, and half the people walk into the town by going to the right. And just 10 yards past that sign on the right are a bunch of local guides with with signs just on cardboard. It says, Mr. and Miss, Mrs. Hendricks and Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. And they are people who've organized local guides to meet them there. And now they meet their Turkish friend. They hop into a little car or minibus, and they are having a different excursion, a different experience than 50 people on a big bus. Any tips on how to get the most out of every minute and mile and and dollar? Well, you've got to concern yourself with congestion. And I was one of the points I was most worried about in my cruise experience was just 3,000 people getting off the boat or getting onto the boat at the same time, what kind of congestion would there be? And I didn't find any of that. I mean, you can have a situation when all the cruises are in Dubrovnik at the same time and the city is just inundated with cruisers, and and then it's quite a miserable experience, to be frank. But I didn't find much of that at all. And I was very impressed by how when you stop in the French Riviera, whether you're stopping in Nice, Monte Carlo, or Villefranche, within half an hour you can be on the train zipping around the the, uh, Côte d'Azur coast and... uh, going to these cities, and it's as if you are a, a real traveler rather than a, a comfortable cruiser. Uh, so, uh, you know, you want to use your time smartly. You want to avoid the crowds. If you're an independent-minded traveler, you want to have information so you can not be victimized by a cruise company that understandably wants to keep you in the dark and not let you know how easy it is to do things on your own. I found a lot of the tourist information kiosks and desks that were set up on the dock by the local tourist board we're kind of feeling like, wink, wink, we're here to tell you you can do it on your own. You don't need to spend $100 on that cruise excursion. And, uh, you know, I don't think they needed to be quite so sneaky mm. about it. I think mm. the cruise companies are very happy with the fact that I don't care how many good guidebooks are out there. There's certain people that just don't want to read a guidebook. Here's right. 100 bucks. Where's the bus? I don't want to walk. I don't want to be sweaty. I don't want to <laughs> listen to the local language. Show me the Acropolis, you know. So there, there's that kind of traveler, and then there's the other kind of traveler. Uh, we ask this question to travel agents quite a bit. Uh, we'd like to hear your take. Any advice on booking a cruise and saving time and money on the ship and in port? You know, I don't have. I don't really know how to book a cruise smartly. I'm a big fan of travel agents. I still get my uh, international plane tickets from a, a living, breathing travel agent, and I, I right. love that luxury. As far as in the port, there's plenty of things you can do on your own. And, uh, again, that's just equipping yourself with good information and expecting yourself to travel smart. I had so much fun learning about how this works and how to get the most out of your time on shore. I was taking little intimate sort of candid video clips all along the way on my Facebook page at Rick Steves on Facebook. I did a 20-entry in 20-day series about my cruise experience, and people might find that interesting to get a a candid look at how you can enjoy each of the ports uh, in in an efficient and independent kind of way. I found that uh, getting cash overseas was kind of tricky and a little stressful. Uh, what's some advice you can give us on accessing cash when you're cruising abroad? Well, the great thing about Mediterranean is almost all your ports use the same euros. Right. So when you're in Barcelona, you just go to an ATM machine and you boldly change as much money as you're going to need for your whole trip. <laughs> I think that makes sense. You don't have to worry about it in each port. 
Another thing I did, which worked really well for me and my partner on this cruise, was to get a local phone, a cell phone in Barcelona, which happened to be our first port, and pay, you know, get 20 or 30 euros on there, and then use it just for texting over the whole two weeks at sea. And, of course, you're roaming, so it's more expensive, and it's not designed to do that efficiently, but it's really important to have a way to connect with your travel partner. And if you each have just the cheapest cell phone, it costs like $30, and you put in 20 bucks worth of uh, time on it, and you use it just for texting, you'll find that in, in very spare calls, but mostly just texting, huh. you can communicate with each other for the whole cruise experience on that money you put into it in Barcelona or whatever, and, and that gives you a, a wonderful way to stay in touch with each other. What about some tips on packing light? Well, for cruising, you don't need to pack light. I've never packed so heavy. Yeah. Uh, I flew in with two bags. I've never had two bags before. I had four different shoes. I can't believe it because I live out of a carrying the airplane size bag for two months at a time with one pair of shoes. But uh, when you're cruising, you know, you're going to be up on the pool and you're going to be dressing up at night and you're going to be going ashore and, and uh, wanting good walking shoes and so on. And I just thought, I'm just moving in once. I can pack heavy. I think what I what is really fun to do, and I worked on this quite a lot in the introductory chapter of the book, is use that room, the little tight stateroom, to its fullest capacity. There's all sorts of hidden places to store things. And if you get really ship shape on that first day when you're moving into your room, for the whole experience, you'll feel less claustrophobic in an otherwise small room. The book is Rick Steves' Mediterranean Cruise Ports, or you can watch him on the popular PBS TV series, Rick Steves' Europe. Rick, thank you so much for making time for us. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, and happy travels to all of you. This is Cruise Radio. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Hey, I'm Matt Bassford here with Doug Parker. I want to talk to you about TripInsurance.com. They are the low-cost leader in travel insurance. The folks at TripInsurance.com have exclusive products from the leading travel insurers that you won't find anywhere else. Now, we know you're going to shop around on other websites, but one thing is for certain. When you go to TripInsurance.com, you are sure to save up to 40% or more. And with TripInsurance.com, you're not just stuck with one type of travel insurance. They have three different types, good, better, or best, one to fit Every budget. And of course, we all love and need to talk to an actual person. That's what you get with tripinsurance.com 24 7 telephone support just to show you how committed they are to you, the customer. And you can file claims online right on the website and they keep you posted of any travel alerts that could affect your travels or safety at your destination. That's tripinsurance.com. Listener Joe Tolley from Charlotte, North Carolina, recently took a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise aboard the Norwegian Sun out of Port Canaveral. Joe, welcome to Cruise Radio. Thanks. Good to be here. Tell us first about the embarkation process. Efficient? Not efficient? Uh, it seemed pretty efficient. We got there a little bit early. I think they started boarding at 11. We were there at about 11.30, and we were pretty much on the ship within 20 minutes. Joe, did you use the uh, the park and cruise package deal there at Port Canaveral, or did you just uh, park at the pier for 15 bucks a day? Just parked at the pier for 15. What were your first impressions of the ship? Last year we had done the Carnival Dream, so first thing I did notice is it was it was a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for the most part, it was you know very nice, very 
very clean. It does seem like I think they had updated it in the past year or two or something like that. So really nice, solid ship. So Norwegian Cruise Lines is known for the freestyle dining. Uh, what was your experience, and did you like it or did you not like it? What I really did like about the freestyle cruising was was the idea that you didn't have to go to a, a dinner at a set time. Mm-hmm. I, I really did like that because it seemed like, um, especially on days of going uh, into port and having excursions, it was it was hard to get back to like a 5.30 dinner call. The thing that I thought was a little interesting about it was it didn't seem like it was any different, however, than a lot of other ships because all of the other dining experiences, you know, had a charge to them. Right. So, you know, there are other ships where you can either go to the main dining room or you can go to a restaurant, you know, for a charge. So in a way, it was kind of similar. They just are able to market it really well that way. Do they have regimented dining on there like a 6 o'clock and 8.30 or? Uh, they have two main dining rooms, uh, the Four Seasons and the Seven Seas, I believe. And they're, they are basically traditional dining halls, but you can go whenever you want. Cool. Now, I was, I was very impressed with um, how you were able to go to the dining rooms and you know, the service was still extraordinary. The food came out you know, really quickly and, um, you know, it was really good food. It just surprised me for not having a set dining hour that they were able to do that. Was there waits, or did you have to make reservations far in advance for the other dining venues on the ship? Uh, you did have to make reservations to them. We had our, I had my family with us, so we actually did not go to any of those other dining rooms. I kind of toured them a little bit on my own, but didn't eat, it, eat at any of them. But I uh, do know you needed to make reservations. And um, there was something interesting on the walls. Uh, near the elevators on the ship is there was a big, huge, basically, menu of all the restaurants, and it kind of gave you an hour. It was like a grid where it gave you an hour and then a, a color-coding light, whether or not there was a wait, whether it was good to go there. Or, so that was kind of interesting where you could kind of tell what was going on in every, at each of the restaurants at any given time. Did your kids take advantage of any of the uh, kid programs on the ship? They did. They have a, um, it's a program called Kids Corner. Uh, on deck seven in the front of the ship Mm -hmm. and it looks like they kind of renovated what were probably um, a couple of stories of suites in the front Uh and so that's where the kids program was uh, was it wasn't you know an extensive program like disney or something like that but they had a good time enough to keep them occupied and out of your hair exactly um and it wasn't like an all-day thing, but it was a, it was a, it was a good way to you know get rid of them for a couple of hours, and more importantly for them to get rid of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, how old the, are they? How old are they? I'm curious. I've got two girls. One's eleven, and one is eight. How was the casual dining on the Lido deck, for example? Yeah, it was uh, pretty typical. I mean, I was um, I wasn't expecting much, and it was a little bit better than than I expected. Um, the one thing that I did discover halfway through the cruise was uh, on the opposite side of the ship. Um, the Garden Cafe is the main buffet there. On the opposite side of the ship is where the Brazilian Steakhouse is. Mm-hmm. But during the morning and the day, it's an extension of the buffet, and they actually have a little bit more selection over there. But it's one of those areas that you don't really discover unless you kind of go exploring because they kind of push you through to the Garden Cafe. Right. So at lunch, you can actually make sandwiches over there, and in the morning, um, you can get, like, breakfast pizzas and things like that, just a little bit different than what's on the buffet side. And did you see any shows? Any enjoy any of the? Yeah, we went to we went to all the shows. They had um, the first one was a musical called Encore, which was basically um, a montage of a whole bunch of, of, of songs from different musicals. Kind of basic, but the the performance was really, 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 really nice. Um, then the third show that they did was. I'm, I'm Backtrack. The, the third show that they did was uh, tribute to rock and roll. So, as you can imagine, it was just 
you know, past 20, 30 years of rock and roll songs. Uh, and then the middle show, the um, second one, was um, just the women from um, from the cast, and it was um, called the Mod Musical. It was kind of a 60s version of Sex and the City uh. type of thing, but... Um, Actually, they had some they had some phenomenal singing in that. All the backup dancers were actually excellent singers as well. So I was very impressed with the talent of the crew. Norwegian Cruise Lines is known for having a kind of smaller staterooms. What do you think of the staterooms? The one we had was interesting because it was really really short. We we just had an inside stateroom. Um, it was really short, but because of the layout of the ship, it was actually a, a bed wider. So it didn't feel like it was any smaller. Um, actually almost felt a touch bigger than a, a normal inside room just because it had that extra width to it. What ports did you hit, and did you have a favorite? Uh, we went to Cozumel, then we went to Georgetown, Grand Cayman, then we went to Ocho Rios in Jamaica. I don't want to say it was my favorite port, but I think we had the best time in Jamaica because we actually went outside of the, sh- of the ship and um, hired a tour there called Traverse Tours. And they basically picked us up in a, almost a small bus, and it was just for the just for us four, and took us over to go water tubing or river tubing. Yeah. Um, then after that, took us to the the big um, what was it called the Sky Explorer, the um, chairlift to go to the top of the mountain, mm-hmm. right there overlooking Ocho Rios. And yeah. then um, my wife just on a whim was like, "We're hungry. Take us some. You know, can you take us somewhere good to eat?" And the driver took us to this place called Scotchies, which just looked like a parking lot. It's awesome. And then, uh, yeah. walk, and then walked us through the back, and you've got this little barbecue pit back there, and you know had some great jerk chicken and some chicken sausage, and then my girls uh, drank um, water from a coconut for the first time. So uh, it was really, really good experience. Out of Charlotte, North Carolina, listener and cruiser Joe Tolley, thanks for being with us. Thank you very much. All right, that's going to do it. Another big thanks to Rick Steves for making time for us. Make sure you download the free Stitcher Radio app to your smartphone. It's the easiest way to listen to cruise radio. And always stay on top of the latest cruise news on our new and improved site, cruiseradio.net. Also there, you can fill out your email address for instant news alerts. From the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, Email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio. I'm your announcer.